clearly to us and help us to understand beyond anything we've known before. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Amen. So I was sitting here uh, the other day thinking about what to say on this morning's subject and this morning's service. And part of me thought, actually, do you know, I'd much prefer to sit in a bunch of giggly teenagers and talk about relationships. I'd actually much rather go to a load of Plymouth Argyle fans and talk about the wonders of supporting Exeter City. <laughs> I'd much rather that than stand in front of a bunch of adults talking about financial giving. Because to me, it's a very difficult thing. And partly that's why I did, we changed our offering to before the sermon, because I didn't want it to feel like we've preached on giving, now here's the offering bags, so give. Um, so I have to confess an area of difficulty. And if you're a visitor today, I hope that what we're saying, actually you can relate back to where you worship uh, week in, week out. <coughs> but I do not like talking about money. It's awkward, isn't it? It's one of those private things. You're happy to share everything apart from how much money you earn. I mean, mine is as clear as day because you just got to look at the church accounts and there you are, you know. And I also have trouble that we seem to have um, be tarred with the same brush some of the times that those churches that are always asking for money. Come to our fate where you got to pay to come. Come and we're doing this to raise money for our steeple. Come and we're doing this to raise money for this, that and the other. And sometimes we can get caught up with that. And I know one of the criticisms of this church is we never actually raise money for ourselves. Every time we raise money, it's to give it away. I think that's a wonderful thing. But I recognise sometimes that we do need to look after what's going on here. You know, we have to look at money in the same way we look at our time, our energy, our gifts. That it's a resource that God has given us. And we need to use it wisely. We need to use it sensibly. And that's why in our reading today, right at the beginning of the chapter of this, as Brian said, Sermon on the Mount, there's a very clear message that Jesus says, and I want to say that here and now, before we even start delving into the subject. It says this, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward of your Father in heaven. So what I want to say is your financial giving is between you and God. And that's it. And I want to start with that basis. That this is not me saying, you need to give more. But it's saying that actually we need seriously to have a conversation with God about our giving. Not just financial, but in other ways as well. And the whole of this month, we've been looking at what it means to give. And yes, this is the one I've been dreading the most. But this is the one that even the leadership team said, come on, Tim, you've got to preach on this. But I, I take heart in several things. That actually if we read in context the whole of where Brian was reading, the whole of chapter 6 of Matthew, it's very clear that Jesus is calling us to a relationship, not to a dictator, not to a God who says you must do this, you must give that. But in the chapter 6, Father is mentioned 11 times. 11 times. 
This is Jesus saying, this is a God whom to have relationship with, who loves you, who cares for you, who wants the best for you, who doesn't want you to see you struggle financially, who doesn't want to see you struggle with the things that you are doing in the life of the church. It's a God who says, I want to walk that with you. So this is not a case of us going, let's look at my bank balance, how much can I give? But this is about what God is calling. And the thing I want to mention as well is we are probably in a situation now, and I know Michelle and I are, that the church is just one of many things we give to. Compassion, which we're going to look at next Sunday, comes into this. Um, do you get those knocks on the door now from people wanting money? It's no longer they want a fiver, is it? Hello, can I interest you in our charity? And can I sign you up to monthly direct debit, please? Whoa, hang on a minute. But all those different things fall under what we're looking at today. So whereas I'm going to focus on the life of the ministry of the church and what I believe God's calling us to, there is a wider thing going on, I recognise. But as Mount Bryan said, this was the Sermon on the Mount. This was Jesus almost giving his mandate to his followers, his disciples. I think actually the Sermon on the Mount was a little bit like the regatta. Now go with me on this one. At the regatta, when we go down and have our service, what we always comment on is, yes, there's a core group of people who are listening in the middle, but there are people mingling around the edges that are half listening, kind of wondering what's going on, stopping. And I think the Sermon on the Mount was a little bit like that. Jesus was addressing his disciples. This was really on in his ministry, addressing his disciples. This is what we are doing. This is what God has sent me to do. And actually around the edges were people walking by or, or in the area and going, oh, this is interesting. Let's listen to this. I know some of them misheard as uh, blessed are the cheesemakers, um, which you're all probably thinking of. But people were listening to what God was saying. This was his mandate. And the question that Jesus was asking at this point is, who do you serve? Who do you serve? What drives you in life? Do you serve money? Do you serve your employees? Do you, you serve um, an organisation that you're a part of? What is the most important thing in your life? Now, Michelle spoke on this last week. We've, we've had to be careful of our sermons this month, that they don't overlap, and they do overlap a bit, but Michelle spoke about where God is in this, and it's the same question that Jesus is asking. Who is the most important? What is the most important thing in your life? Do you know what? I'll confess before you now. There are times in life when money is. Because you look at your bank balance at the end of the month, and you go, how on earth did we get down to that? Have we all there been there sometimes? Yeah. How on earth did we get down to that after what we had in there? And you start worrying. You start questioning and thinking, what is it we're doing? What, what, what is it? And then the next thing is, how can we get more money? How can we get more money to make sure we're okay? How can we transfer this from this place, that to that place? And all of a sudden, the question is not about actually God will provide, but it's about how can I solve the problem. I want to just put up a quote for you, Paul. Can you just put up the C.S. Lewis quote? 
C.S. Lewis is a childhood hero of mine in literary forms. I love his books. Um, Mere Christianity is a wonderful book. Uh, Screwtape Letters is a brilliant book to read. Um, and of course, The Chronicles of Narnia, who were just wonderful. And he said this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Let me say that again. Christianity, if false, if is, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And Christianity being your relationship with God, it comes back to that question, who is the most, what is the most important in your life? Who is it you serve? Wouldn't it be nice if we could all say Jesus? But let's be realistic. There are times in life when other things get in the way of our relationship with God. And we need to almost each day and each moment put a little tester and go, is God still the most important in my life? Is God still the one I serve? And when Jesus is asking that question, who do you serve? What is our response to Jesus' question directly to us? Jesus then goes, and keep that up, Paul, that'll be fine. Jesus then goes on to say, where is your treasure? Where your treasure is, also your heart shall be. And I think this is a slightly different question. What do you put your energies into? What do you put your resources into? What do you commit to serve and, and, to, and to show your, your gifts and talents with? What do you put value in? You know, at the moment, I'm, I'm struggling because I have an eight-year-old who is very capable of playing the piano. But I have an eight-year-old who doesn't want to practice. I'd love to say, you know, I'm waiting for him to ask today, Daddy, did you ever practice? Because I have to tell the truth and say, no. I didn't. <laughs> and it shows at times. But I want to put value into that at the moment because I know it's worth it. And I know that when it clicks for him, he's capable, he's able, and if he puts his mind to it, he'll be a, a darn better pianist than I ever promised could be. And I want to put value in that. So there are things in our family, in our life, that we want to put value in. We can see how they're important. But the question, I suppose, that we're asking today is, do we see the church, do we see the, this community, do we see the work of God through this church as something we want to put value in? Jesus is saying the things that you care about, the things that are on your heart, and, he's, and as he does through all these things, he's having a little poke at the religious leaders, at the scribes, because they're putting more value in the law, in what's right, what's wrong, who's in, who's out, what the rules are. Are people conforming to the rules? We know those people, don't we? And he's saying that's not what you should be putting your value in. Put your value in your relationship with God. Put your value in your relationship with one another. You know those Egyptian gods that were buried? And when they were buried, what did they have surrounding them? All their gold. All their earthly possessions. You know, those people that have looted those 
those tombs have seen riches beyond anything we could imagine. Why? Because they thought that actually in the afterlife, A, their riches would be a payment to have a good afterlife, but that B, they could take them with them. Well, we know the foolishness of that, don't we? We can't take our treasures with us from this planet. So are we going to hoard them? Are we going to store them up? Or are we going to use them for God's glory? You see, the thing that Michelle said last week that rung true um, in my heart and made me think again is everything we have is not ours. Everything we have is not ours. I was speaking to a parent the other day and they said something along the lines of my children were God's gift and, they, and, and I praise God but they were God's gift for me to look after and they'd gone off to serve God, to do things. And that's difficult when you talk about children, isn't it? I know Michelle got choked last, last week. Your children are a gift from God and actually sometimes we have to let them go afterwards and say actually go and you know, not at eight years old, although sometimes that would be nice, but you know, when they're older, to say, go and do what God has called you to do. But all our things, our money, our gifts, our talents. Yes, I, I can play musical instruments, but you know, any time I've tried to use those for not God's glory, they've just seemed to have fallen flat, not quite worked. But actually when I've used them for God's glory, when I've played the piano in church, when I've played the organ in church, when I've played the trumpet, there's something about that gift that just brings it home, that sits true, and I say, yes, this is why God has given me that ability. But then we have this strange bit in the passage as well about eyes, don't we? And I think sometimes we read this with a PC angle now, don't we? That actually, uh, we don't want to say too much in case there are people who are blind in there. In the, church, in the church, because it sounds about darkness, doesn't it? You kind of think, oh, it's making it sound almost as if you're blind. It's wrong. It's not saying that at all. And I speak as someone who wears glasses, so it's okay. But the, the fact is that the eyes are the thing that bring light into our body. It's, it's scientifically proven. It's the thing that reflects the light so that our brains can determine what's being said. And it's important that we are able to see in the light what God is doing what God is doing amongst us, around us, and what God is inviting us to put our value in, what God is inviting us to, to be part of with his mission. Most of you will know that we sent a letter around recently, and part of that is saying we want to celebrate what God is doing, but we need to work together to see God working, to be able to put resources, financial, and all those kind of things, into the life of this church. What is it we put our value in? What is it that we see? What is it we serve? Just want to put a few slides up, Paul. Could you just set that PowerPoint up, please? I sat down the other day and thought, actually, what is it we are doing in the life of the church at this moment? And I've made a list, and I apologise if I've forgotten something. It's not deliberate. It's not, um, anyway, it's just that these are the things that came to mind straight away. And um, <coughs> let's, uh, they, there we are. We do our Sunday morning worship. Where we have 
different groups. We have different people involved in hospitality, tea and coffee, all these kind of things. We have Sanctus, which is this evening, and, and James is leading that. A time of worship, a time of communion together. We have our growing deeper groups, where we get, try to get deeper with God uh, in smaller groups and deeper with one another. Thanks, Paul. We have here for you, on the community, in a shop on a Monday morning, um, trying to engage with the community around. We have prayer station on a Saturday morning in the town centre offering prayer for people. We have Alpha on a Tuesday evening teaching people about who God is in their life. We have toddlers on a Friday morning, a safe space for parents and children with a wonderful pastoral care that goes on there. We have fellowship groups that include men's breakfast, five-a-side football. We have um, book club. Uh, I'm missing one. Tuesday fellowship. Thank you. I knew I missed one. Tuesday fellowship that meets um, every second and fourth Tuesday that offers real care for one another. We have the prayer walk, which is happening today, which is going around the town. Thanks, Paul. We support BMS World Mission. We support other mission activities in the life of the church. We have administration in the life of the church, making sure that people can connect with one another, making sure that people can do rooms bookings. We have a ministry for children. They're downstairs now, knowing God's love for the wider community. We have a youth program, which James is running, which supports the youth in both a Sunday morning and on a Wednesday evening or a Thursday evening as well. We do our Christmas Day meal, which has become a real ministry in the life of this church. Thanks, Paul. We have community engagement with Regatta, Mayfair, being a presence in the community. We have our prayer meetings on a Monday morning. It's a huge list, isn't it? Lots of things that God is calling us to. But let's come back to what we're saying this morning. We've talked about giving in lots of different ways. But there's a financial cost to all these things in the ministry of the church. And we need to work out with our relationship with God, are we giving what God has asked of us? And that can actually transcribe to lots of different areas of our life as well. But I thought, who else just to share a little bit about um, the way we spend money so that you know it's not going into a black hole than our very lovely treasurer, Graham, who's going to come up. Come up, Graham, and I'm going to pray for you as well because um, he needs it. It's as simple as that. Um, Sometimes we don't know the work that goes on in the background. There are many people in this church that spend evenings and late nights doing things, and we never know. Um, and, but Graham's got the uh, task, and I know there's a queue of people lining up to be treasurer when Graham wants to give it up. Um, <laughs> but I just think it's important, if we talk about giving, if we talk about you need to know uh, where our money's been spent in the life of the church. And me and Graham were talking, we 